Is it the highlight of the Seder meal or who could guess that putting three bad tasting ingredients together in a sandwich would taste bad? On this very special episode of Joe Picks a Sandwich, the Hillel Sandwich. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean, is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married, is the origin true, does it matter to me, all that really matters is celebrities, Joe will pick a sandwich now, it's his religion to figure it out, he ate the food, he'll rate, he'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Sandwiches. Joe. Oh, Dan. Dan. Special holiday episode, Dan. What makes this podcast different from all other podcasts? Okay, there are four questions we have to ask, Dan. Okay. One, why am I doing the intro? Uh, am, I, am I answering the question? Yeah, unless it's a rhetorical question, but that was okay. not rhetorical. Uh, because I did no research, Joe. Okay. Two, why are we reclining? <laughs> because I have bad posture. <laughs> oh, also it's Passover. Three, why on most nights... Do we only dip once? But on tonight, we dip twice. (sighs) I mean, Dan, I think the answer to all these questions, uh, if I remember my Seder properly, is to remind us that we were once slaves in Egypt. Mm, That's right. But that wasn't That's not actually true. The Jews were never slaves in Egypt. You know, uh, well, I mean, I mean, my family was. Yeah, it's not. No, there's much more recent documentation. I mean, slaves is sort of, uh, you know, slaves has a pretty specific meaning. You weren't slaves. You were certainly persecuted. And I yeah. and I and I don't doubt Jews were ever persecuted in Egypt. But and I mean, if you like believe that capitalism is slavery, then you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is this conversation, Joe. This is. Uh, it's it's like the Me Too era, but, you know, from like 60 years ago. Just slavery was bad. The Jews were persecuted. They weren't slaves. Slavery is a different thing. It was bad. But anyways, every time I bring that fact up at Passover Seder, people don't like that I bring that fact up, but it's just true. I mean, we're, I mean, you really are talking about a long time ago. Like, you don't actually know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure some historians know. Like, but. I mean, I think that there's not, I mean, maybe maybe Josh should weigh in on this. Yeah, I think Josh should weigh in on this because I think there there are like things that historians know they know to the best of how they could know it because obviously you could use that argument about anything that happened in the past. Well, you know, nobody saw anything that happened 120 years ago, so like who knows. But I I thought that they were they knew knew it that that the Jews weren't slaves. But maybe it's just that they think they know it, and maybe it's up for debate. I'm not sure. I thought that they just knew that there was, like, no evidence and that the, like, actual, like, timing of when the story is supposed to take place, like, it wouldn't have happened then. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you know it more than I do, but I, I when I started dropping this fact, I felt like I had researched it pretty heavily, and now I'm just dropping the fact based on my own assumption of my own belief in this fact, like, two years ago, so uh, I assume it's true, but, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think if Josh said it was true, I would trust it more than if I said it was true. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so, um, yeah, the Hillel sandwich, Dan, I mean, this is a very special episode because it's a Passover episode. I did all the work because you're about to get married. Uh, and True. I, I, I'm a little nervous asking, did you at least eat a Hillel sandwich at the Seder? I was at, I did go to a Seder that was, a, it was a really unofficial Seder because it was like one day after the normal Seder. So, you know, you were you kept texting me on Friday and trying to FaceTime me, but I couldn't respond because I was actively at a, a, a dance class where Meg and I were actually performing our dance in front of lots of people, which was a little nerve wracking. And then when we did our Seder the next day on Saturday night, and uh, I did have many a Hillel sandwich, I drank many a glass of wine. It was a it was a, it's quite a night, but I, I did have the sandwich, you know, if the glasses of wine would have impacted my recollection of it, but I'm so familiar with the sandwich. I have a lot of history to base it off of. And I I felt like at the Seder, not, nothing against the host. I think they did a great job, but uh, I think I've, I've had better renditions of the sandwich. Because to me, there's a you know some very special parts of the sandwich that, that have to be done properly. Well, whatever, it's three ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the ingredients I'm very particular about. So I felt in this sandwich, both of them were a little subpar, which, which was tough. I mean, I hope the host is not a listener of the podcast because it's highly offensive what you're saying, but sure. Well, I, I, you know, comparing, you know, I didn't go to your parents' Seder this year because I was, you know, pre- preparing for this damn wedding that's happening in like four days or something, which is crazy. But your parents do a phenomenal job. And, you know, your parents have two different types of harosa, which is, you know, it's always fun. But, you know, the, these people who are hosting it, I think this is like the first time they've ever hosted it. You know, it's sort of like there's sort of like a friend's giving. This was sort of like a friend's Seder where half the people there weren't Jewish. I mean, more than half the people there weren't Jewish. It was on the wrong day. Um, You know, I I think they were like, it was more of a a friendly event than maybe something in in your family where it's a very serious event. I I don't mean serious in the sense of... um, like it's a you know somber event it's just serious in the sense that your parents spend a lot of time planning the event out and you know they have lots of people come to it and it's a big deal whereas here i think it was less so and you know some of the ingredients in this sandwich i think suffered due to that so i so i think you're you know you're getting right into it dan which is great because you know i think this is going to be a 20 minute episode uh what what is your history with the hillel sandwich well, you know, it, uh, honestly, I didn't really start going to Passover seders seriously until I lived in Southern California and started going to your Passover seders. Because for my parents, you know, I think we did some sort of half-assed Passover seder. And, you know, fortunately, I know my parents are not listeners of the podcast, so th- this will not get back to them. Although I don't think they would dispute it anyways. But, you yeah, know, what maybe- was your seder like growing up? Not, not good. It, I mean, Seder. it's it certainly didn't involve anybody but us. There was n- never anybody invited to it. And we would just be sitting around a table. And I think we sort of like went through the motions. But, 
you know, your Seder, when I started going to it for the first time, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is a big event. Like, the whole point of Passover, like, it became very obvious going to your Seder, like, what it's about. It's about people getting together. It's about people drinking a lot. It's about people having fun, reconnecting with family, you know, but also, like, remembering the either semi-accurate or at the very least, like, um, what's the word? Uh, Inaccurate? Apocryphal. Made up? up. Oh, okay. (laughs) Complete bullshit. Um, No, the apocryphal story of the Jews being persecuted. And, you know, it's like uh, your family in particular obviously has a really close connection with Passover because your family literally had their own actual exodus from Egypt. So, you know, my history of it, I mean, certainly going back literally the last 15 years almost is going to be identical to yours because it is really your family's Passover Seder. Yeah, no. And I mean, just, I mean, for my own history, look, like we, we have had, I mean, my family Seder, I don't think I've ever, well, not I think I've never not gone. So all through college, traveling abroad, whatever, I've always come back for the family Seder because this is like the big family event with like, you know, growing up in San Diego, it was like 85 people. I mean, you know, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now that my, that us and my parents and my sister have all moved to Seattle, we of course hosted here and there's less family here. But but this Seder this year was about, I think, 40, 45 people. So, I mean, it's gotten quite big. I would um, say it was like 40 people last year. I mean, it's still, yeah. it's still a pretty big event. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, of course, you know, we have all the sort of traditional Seder stuff are, our Seder is not traditional in that we, you know, it's shortened and we tell our own family's history, but, but Passover is like the main, it's like my favorite holiday, but it's also, it is our big family holiday. It is much bigger than our Thanksgiving or, or any other holiday for that matter. So Passover is the holiday. And, uh, so the sandwich being part of it, I obviously have very fond memories of it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, again, I don't want to pile on this, like, friend Seder, because it was, it, it, it was not, uh, you know, again, sort of put together, but they their Haggadah was, like, a Haggadah from, like, the 1980s or something, where, like, first of all, everything in it was, like, man, like, God gave this to man, you know, God said to oh, yeah. the men of Israel, or the men of Egypt, go for, you know, it was, like, all like that, and then it was, like, super religious, and then, and then I was like, all right, well, we'll have the fun parts, like singing Dainu, you know, that's at least, I know how to do that, let's bang on stuff, and, you know, I was, like, telling everybody, like, this is the fun part, everybody sings Dainu, you can bang on stuff, and then it's, like, the version of Dainu they had was just, like, one verse or something, so the, this, the Haggadah was, like, full of a bunch of, like, really sort of gender-specific stuff, tons of like prayers prayers that i've never even heard of before and there was one girl across from me who's a conservative jew and i'm very familiar with this she's like i've never even seen this before (laughs) and then like all the fun stuff was like cut out and so yours is like that's a shame yeah you know yours is very fun but again yours does you know you guys tell the story and it's you know it's fun and and your dad is a teacher now a retired teacher uh who who knows how to sort of command a room whereas this friend seder there was nobody in that role because the the most Jewish people were not the people hosting it, and maybe the people most familiar with it uh, weren't the people who wanted to command it. So it was like it, there was sort of a, a leadership vacuum. Whereas your dad really runs a tight ship for your seder. 
Totally. And, and, and especially as our Seder has grown with the number of kids that are there, like it, you know, it shifted, right? Like when I was young, it was geared towards young kids. And then as I got older, it was more geared towards like the fact that me and most of my cousins were like teenagers or young adults or whatever. And then now it's like, we're circling back and it's becoming more of a kid Seder, but it's great because like you're, you're seeing, you know, I get to see my daughters engage with the Seder in a way that, um, you know, that I did when I was young. So yeah. Yeah, it is wonderful. I mean, what I would say is, like, I know certain fan witches, like, Tony's come to the Seder before. It, it is sort of, and a lot of other friends of yours have definitely come to it. If we were to have a giveaway on this podcast for somebody, like, the, the like, number one thing we should give away is, like, being it's able to an invitation to, to the Seder. Yeah, yeah to the, the 2020 Seder, you an know. All-expense-paid trip to the 2020 Seder. Because that, it, it's like, I mean, they can, it, it, maybe every Passover we do the Hillel sandwich over and over again until we find another sandwich or something. But it's it's quite an event. And it's very, and the wine is flowing. I mean, it's, it, the, the Lord literally commands you to drink four glasses of wine. So you, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, this year at the Seder, I think your sister drank like 12 glasses of wine. <laughs> uh, Look, it was a, it was a the nice Lord, The Lord commands it. Uh, so Dan, let's talk about the sandwich and the history of it. Uh, you know, I'm in charge here. I got to keep the, keep the, the trains moving on time. Yeah. Uh, classic Mizrahi roll. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, Seder, Dan, let's just start with this. Seder, the word Seder in Hebrew means order. And the reason why it's called order is that everything in the Seder has to happen in a particular order, just like this podcast, Dan. Wow. So I'm going to keep things. This is this is our Seder. I'm going to keep things moving. Uh, so first I'm of all, starting to get worried that you're a better host than I am. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's a question about that. Wow. Uh, first of all, Dan, for our non-Jewish fans, I just want to describe what this sandwich is. On the Seder plate, there's lots of different things that symbolize different things that you sort of eat throughout the meal, throughout the Seder, in a particular order, and they each symbolize something different. So. On the Passover uh, table, there's matzah, which is like um, bad tasting crackers, right? Yeah, yeah. Very dry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a, an extremely dry cracker that's and, also giant. It's like one foot by one foot. And Dan, do you remember the reason why you eat matzah? I mean, I assume the reason is that the Jews in this fake story, as I mean... This really doesn't even add up because we were thinking about this as I was telling everybody the story is fake. And it's like as the Jews were rushing to leave Egypt, they didn't have time to like leaven the bread. But does that really make sense? They can't leaven the bread. There's no time. Like you don't even have to do anything to leaven bread. You just literally leave it be. Yeah, well, I mean, like the part that doesn't make sense to me is that if they had to leave in a hurry, the bread wouldn't be like dry and crispy. It would be like mushy and soggy. Yeah, it's like, like lumps of dough. Like of we should be stages, eating lumps of dough. Yeah, of the stages you would skip, it's not the leavening part, which literally means doing nothing. It's the cooking part, which is right. like requires like an oven or time or something. Right. No, I mean, I guess right to to, to leaven bread. So I guess this is how it would go. Right? Is that no? Actually, I I know this. The bread cooked on their backs in the hot sun. So I guess what happened was. They had basically dough that they hadn't waited for it to rise. They had to bring it with them. They carried it with them on their backs because, I mean, they're slaves. That's what they do. They carry stuff on their backs. And then 
the desert sun is so hot that it basically cooks it into this cracker. Okay, so that's interesting. So what you're saying, and I think this makes sense, it's not that they didn't want to leaven the bread. Leavening requires the one thing they didn't have, shade. So they could not leaven it because there was nowhere that wasn't boiling hot, so the so they just had to bake it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. See, I now I've proven to you that the Passover story is real. Uh so uh the second thing that's on the Seder. I, I mean, still feel like I still feel like the modern big matzah companies have something to do with it, but I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, that big matzah lobby. It's yeah. it's it's uh yeah. Uh the second thing on the Seder plate is the harosa. And it's sort of a it's like a chutney, basically. So Dan, do you know what the harosit represents? But I mean, it's not like chutney in the sense that it's not spicy or minty. Uh, maybe chutney's not the right thing I was. Maybe chutney's <laughs> not the right word I was looking for. <laughs> it might have the consistency of chutney. I I believe it is to represent the mortar that again. Oh, okay. If if they were slaves, which they probably, but maybe they were workers. The mortar that they were used to make the giant Egyptian structures that they weren't, they, you know, didn't want to. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. All right. Great. That's right. Now, the other thing that I learned. Also, I and- like how you're quizzing me about this. I've been to your Seder 15 times. Like, this has gone over every single year. Well, Dan, as the host of this episode, it's boring if I just say it. So we're doing this in a little call and response. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dan, I didn't is, know this that's is, part of your hosting style. This is like hosting one-on-one, Dan. Come on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> At the end of learned, this, we're, we're going to have to have a poll question of who's who's the better host and who's got the better hosting style. Something that I learned, this is interesting, uh, is that during the Passover Seder of old, back in Hillel's time, when the temple still stood, you actually weren't supposed to be eating haroset. Haroset didn't exist. What you were eating was what's called the Paschal lamb, which is the sacrificial lamb or goat or whatever that they would sacrifice in this ritual temple sacrifice yeah so actually the original hillel sandwich had meat in it which sounds great wow um but of course once the temple was destroyed in whatever you know two thousand years ago uh they don't do jews don't do sacrifices anymore so haroset replaced the meat in the sandwich so now here's um, a question for you yeah they sacrifice the lamb. You know, they go to the altar, they slit its throat or whatever they do. I'm sure they have, you know, some ritual around it. Right. right. And then the thing's just like lying there dead on the ground. And then how long does it take before like somebody edges up and is like, can we cook this yet? Oh, I mean, if, if it's like any other gathering of Jewish people, it's immediately. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Immediately. Help me help me schlep this thing over to the Someone's oven. like, you know, I have a great recipe for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't let it go to waste. Exactly. So, uh, so they would eat the um, uh, the lamb and uh, and then... But you, you see what I'm saying coming back to this? It's not much of a sacrifice. They're just cooking it. Like, it's the opposite of a sacrifice. They're like eating a delicious delicacy meat under the guise of like giving it to God. I mean, that's a great point. Like if you put like a meat in your slow cooker, you wouldn't be like, I'm sacrificing this meat. You're cooking yourself dinner. If you like killed it, 
and didn't eat it, that would be like sacrificing it to God. I mean, either this is a giant bit of hypocrisy that we've discovered, or I'm just not getting this right, which yeah, is I don't know. Po- definitely possible. We'll need just every every minute of this episode, Josh, in the middle of his whirlwind, worldwide book tour, and of course, coming to this wedding, he's going to have to just go through the entire three, what is it, 5,700 years of Jewish history and figure this out for us. I mean, I think we just uh, found Josh's second book. <laughs> Nobody's ever looked into Jewish history before. This could be an untapped area. I mean, not not from a sandwich perspective, no. But actually not from a meat perspective. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was eating the Passover sacrifice. That's interesting. That's what this, that's what this, this is from Chabad.com. I mean, wow. I don't. pretty official. That's very official. Uh, okay. I mean, that's a good question. Let's put, as a host, I want to put that question that you've asked into the parking lot. We'll, we'll address it later, but I want to keep things moving. <laughs> wait, wait. So when you're hosting, there's a parking lot? There's a parking lot of questions that we're going to come back to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it just, is it in a car or it's just in a parking space? It's in a parking space in the lot. The lot has plenty of spaces, but it's where we put questions that that would send us down a rabbit hole if we tried to answer them now. Is our goal to fill the parking lot, or is it just, the parking lot is is it like infinite sized? No, 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 no. There's a finite size. The goal isn't to fill it. The goal is to put things there so that you feel good about moving on, knowing that we'll address it later. And the reality is, we're not going to address it later. This All is right. the end of that conversation. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go back to the parking lot. Uh, so the third thing, the third thing, Dan, which is very unlike an actual parking lot. Cause if you park your car there, you always go back to it. That's true. That's it's true. like a garbage can is something you put stuff in and then never come back to it. I mean, but if I said that we're going to put that question in the garbage can, you'd be like, no, wait, I want to keep discussing it. All right. <laughs> so you've taken the apocryphal story of Passover and you're just making your own apocryphal story of the parking lot. Correct. Uh, now, Dan, the third thing that's in the sandwich is the bitter herb. Mm, yes. Dan, tell me about the bitter herb. Tell me, what is it? what does it stand for? Well, this one I'm guessing, but I assume the bitter herb is to remind us of how bitter it was to be persecuted by the Egyptians. Boom. You nailed it. You nailed it, Dan. But the bitter herb is, is horseradish. Correct. And I love horseradish. I mean, maybe you would have loved slavery. Okay. You're, a, you're a very controversial host. I look, Dan, I'm 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 merely holding up a mirror to the things that you're saying. You trying you're trying to get this podcast on the Fox News podcast network? Maybe you would have liked living in Egypt at that time. Let's put it that way. As a Jew in servitude. Look, poor people like being poor. They just know that they're just not working hard <laughs> enough. Okay, so the bitter herb is, yeah, it's basically horseradish, right? And it's to, it's to symbolize the bitterness of slavery. Okay, so the history of the sandwich is, is Rabbi Hillel, Hillel the Elder, who we're going to talk about later. Uh, so I'm not going to get into him as a person. But basically, he lived, I mean, literally 2,000 years ago, he died... Uh, uh, in year 10. Okay. So 10 so, BC. Oh no. 10, uh, eight. 
CE, Common Era, 10 CE. That's right. So, so he was born. He was born BCE, died CE. I mean, that's not bad. Right. Pretty good. Um, Did he? Did he ever write about Jesus? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, potentially. I mean, they were, you know, they were contemporaries. Or wait a second. Was did Jesus die in zero, or was he born in zero? No, I think that uh, he was born in Jesus. Jesus died at at thirty three. I think he was born in negative thirty three, and died in zero. Hmm. Okay, okay. In that case, Hillel definitely. I mean, he would have sort of been a young bucket. Oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, then Jesus's whole life would have been in Hillel's life. Right. Yeah, or maybe he was born in zero, and then Hillel was like a very old man when Jesus was a baby. Yeah, and then that there's there's nothing there. Yeah. Jesus didn't do anything between the ages of 0 to 10. Except maybe uh, hang out with Hillel and eat some sandwiches, I don't know. So anyway, so so Hillel <laughs> Hillel it seems well, actually, I would say it seems ridiculously unlikely, but that's that's actually possible. If Jesus was very young, he could have gone to a Passover Seder, eaten some of this lamb sacrifice. He was a Jew. Boom. And like theoretically, they lived in the same place, and also like even big cities had like very small populations compared to like the modern day. So did they live in the same place? Jesus lived in in Bethlehem or something, right? Well, they they lived in the same country. Okay. I mean, Bethlehem and Jerusalem are like are like fifteen miles away from each other. Are, do you know that for a fact? You're just saying. Are you Sarah Huckabee Sandering that? No, I mean Israel is very small. I mean, like the whole country is like you know. I mean, seriously, are Bethlehem and Jerusalem like 15 minutes away? I mean, let's use Bing Maps right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually trying to tell if you're pulling it out of your ass or not. Let's Bing Map it. I don't know. Okay, if, okay, 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 okay. Look, here's a little bet for you right now. Give me, okay, okay, 20 miles over under. I would go way over. I would assume that they're far away. Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Uh, okay, okay, Bethlehem. To Jerusalem uh, is oh, 18.6 miles. Now, wait, is that by plane or camelback? Uh, well, if if you walk, it's only 16.5 miles. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. It, okay. So, you know what? It's absolutely plausible that Hillel and Jesus... Either age situation, whether Jesus was born in negative 33 or whether Jesus was born in zero, they could have hung out and they could have eaten just like the Elvis situation. There was a different version of the sandwich, which we cannot rate because we don't eat that anymore. But they could have had an older version of the sandwich. Correct. Correct. And there's no way. I mean, you can't rate how this would have tasted with a sacrificial lamb. You don't know. I mean... We can't rate how good the sandwich would have had if we were eating it with Jesus, because I feel like that would that's going to make it a little taste a little better somehow. Sure. I mean, there's lots of wine. Because by the time, <laughs> well, by the time Jesus is an adult, he's doing like adult scale miracles, like turning water to wine. But I feel like when he's a kid, he's doing like minor miracles where he's just like everybody's sandwich in this room just tastes a little bit better. Or they're like more kid centric, like like rocks into candy. <laughs> right? it's pretty good yeah um so 
So, so the history of the sandwich, Dan. Hillel writes in his notes, he's like, there was this wonderful child I was with who kept coming up with candy, <laughs> even though there was no candy. There was just rocks. It was f- unbelievable. I don't know how he did it, but let me tell you about my sandwich. <laughs> uh, so, so Hillel invents this sandwich. back to studying the Talmud. He invents this sandwich, Dan, and much, much like, uh, much like everything on the Seder plate, it's actually a symbolic sandwich, which I didn't know this part, and I really like the symbolism, Dan. So, so Hillel, uh, instead of eating all these things separately, which is sort of how the Seder, it's like the recommended use of of all the things that are out there. Hillel, uh, you know. I thought maybe as like an efficiency thing, put them all together in a sandwich. But in fact, according to Chabad.org, the way that he put this together was symbolic about about life because the bitter herb represents bitterness. Hmm. The, The haroset or the sacrificial lamb sort of represents the slavery part. But the matzah, because it is when we escaped, represents freedom. Hmm. So the point that Hillel was making is that even though there are bitter and bad things that happen in your life, it's like sandwiched by the good things in life, by freedom. So there you go. That's not bad, right? Do you think it is somewhat ironic that the haroset and horseradish are the delicious parts of the sandwich and the matzah is terrible? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I have to agree with that for sure. That the 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 bitterness and like symbolic slavery tastes much better than the symbolic freedom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I maybe, uh, but you know, even back in the day when they were eating the lamb, like obviously that would be the best part of the sandwich. Oh, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the taste, but 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 this would taste way better with lamb. Yeah, yeah. As with most things. But I wonder what the monster rating would be for, for something with a sacrificial lamb in it. Yeah, it's weird because I don't think Josh could hate on it too much because, you know, the lamb is ostensibly, its main purpose is to be sacrificed. And then once it is sacrificed, it's like your your point about American Indians, how they like use all of it, where it's like, hey, we already sacrificed this thing. Like it's it's like it's like bonus lamb at that point. That's a very good point. This is happening anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So that's the history of the sandwich. It's going to be a what? real noodle scratcher for Josh. I think, I mean. There's a lot episode. here. There's a whole book here for sure. <laughs> so, what, mean, if, what if his next book? Oh, this is good. His next book is a um, is a a Haggadah, but with like historical rabbit holes. Wow. <laughs> that's good, right? So it's like everybody's going to be sitting there at Seder just waiting to eat. And it's like he yep. brings up a point and then you <laughs> you start going through the page and you're like, wait a second. There are 12 pages about the history of sacrificial lamb. This lamps. footnote is four pages long. <laughs> <laughs> and I've read some of his stuff. Josh loves footnotes. He puts footnotes. There's, there's literally like two footnotes a sentence for like his entire any paper he writes. It's crazy. Does he ever footnote his footnotes? I wouldn't be surprised. I'll bet he does. That's good. That's good. I told him when he's coming out with Red Me Republic, my number one advice to him was, Josh, people in popular books don't want footnotes. Keep the footnotes out. I, and I, I don't know if he did it or not. So if there are tons of footnotes in there, 
then I hope I'm going to feel bad or Josh is going to feel bad when he hears this. How do you think the audiobook handles footnotes? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there is an audiobook, so maybe that means there aren't footnotes. Yeah, that's a very good point. Or do they just ignore it? Yeah, I mean, they would have to. Otherwise, it would be like super, super weird. Like they'd be just stopping in the middle of sentences to like read other things. Yeah, I have to assume that they're either no footnotes or they're completely ignored. But that's a good question, which I guess we'll find out the answer to in like three days when you talk to Josh. Very exciting. So, uh, so Dan, how do you rate the history? Or are you rating here? What are we doing here? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I've been waiting, been waiting this whole time for this. Guesting on this podcast, by the way, is way better than hosting, like by a factor of 10 to Ugh, 1. This is so much work. I see why you like this podcast so much, and I hate it so much. Okay. And all I had to do to switch the roles up was plan this 100-plus person wedding. God damn it. Uh, okay. You know, I don't like the history because it's fake, but I do like the history. Well, I don't like the overall history, but I do like the, the micro history of Hillel. And I doubly like the idea of Hillel and Jesus sharing one of these sandwiches, which I think is really a show of unity that we need these days. So, uh, I give it, uh, nine and a half out of 10. Wow. Wow. Dan, that's, that's really high. Yeah, well, you don't know my scale, so... You just said it's out of 10. I, you, you literally said your scale. I know, but there are no other data points to compare it to. But you know, look, it's a good history to me. <laughs> so so every sandwich you rate is, is maybe somewhere between like 9.2 and, and 10? You don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, it's a good history, though. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not that good. There's a little grade inflation here. What is this, USD, Dan? Come on. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh <laughs> Look, Joe. It's a callback I, to episode four. Uh, <laughs> yes, they recruited me as a star quarterback. Look, when I went to tryouts and I couldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards, yeah. I mean, I still was on the team all four years, but uh, you know, there was, a, there was a good reason they recruited me. All right, Dan, next category. Uh, is this sandwich a monster? No, wait, what's the next category? This is the part I'm not familiar with. What are we doing next? I don't know. I, I literally don't have any notes here. Uh, let's talk about prep and availability. So, okay. Here's... Is it a first date sandwich? No, that's not next. What, what, is, the question, what is the question for that? Oh, can this be an everyday sandwich? Can this be an everyday sandwich? We're going to talk about the prep, the calories, the availability. So look, this is a once a year sandwich, Dan. Let's be honest. You don't buy this anywhere. Uh, you don't make it any other time of year. True. You have this once a year at the Seder. Now, the good thing is neither... You or I have to do any prep for any Seder ever in our lives. So yeah. this is very easy prep for us. That's true. It's no prep. No prep, but you only get it once a year. Uh, in terms but of it's cal- not that you oh, yeah, only get it once a year. You're required to have it. I mean, it's literally part of the ceremony. So like, it, it's it's you don't have to even think about having it. it. It's like only once a year, but it's always exactly once a year. Okay, that's true. That's true. But I have to think. If the question here is, is this an everyday sandwich? It literally, by definition, is not an everyday sandwich. Yes, it's true. It is a once a year sandwich. Oh, it's every day during Passover. It's, but even then, not really. It's only, only on yeah. the first day of Passover. Yeah. 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 So uh, in terms it's, of... It's almost the opposite of every day. It's it, just <laughs> exclusively yeah. one day. Yeah. 
It's like the Cadbury cream eggs of sandwiches. Yeah, but you could have those the rest of the year. Theoretically, but I mean, you know, where are you going to get them? I feel like after Easter, they're like 80% off. I'll bet a lot of people are having them like the week after Easter. That's true, but so is canned Herosa, I'm sure. <laughs> if somebody's having canned Herosa two weeks after Passover, God help them. Okay, Dan. So, uh, so I looked up the nutritional facts uh, um, on this. So the matzah, just a traditional pizza matzah, is 110 calories uh, and a whopping 23.4 grams of carbohydrates. Not great. Wow. That's uh, amazing. 110 calories is exactly how many calories one slice of my white bread has. So, wow. they, they, so you can just swap that right out, Dan. Yeah, they just flatten that thing out, take out the leavening, boom, same thing. Yeah, exactly. But what we learn from that is that leavening has no calories. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Leavening is a calorie-free thing. Horseradish, very healthy. Only seven calories for a tablespoon of horseradish. Hmm. Almost right. nothing. A little bit of sugar, so a little bit of carbohydrates, but, you know. Not really much else. It's sort of just like a little bit of sodium. Yeah. I mean, it's a root, so I guess that makes sense. And Herosa, obviously it varies what kind of Herosa you're having, but just your your, your generic base Herosa for one tablespoon uh, is 30 calories, which are just mostly carbohydrates and sugar because it's like basically mashed up fruit. Yeah. So overall, you're talking about 140 plus seven, so about like a 147 calorie sandwich. Probably yeah. our healthiest sandwich yet. It's just mostly carbs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's entirely carbs. Yeah. Is there literally any other? There's there's nothing else in there. Uh, no. There's no protein. <laughs> there's no protein. It's yeah. There's some sodium, some carbs. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Apples don't have protein, do they? Surprisingly they large amount of potassium in the Heroset. So, you know, if you're worried about, um, you know, your leg cramping up or whatever, go for some Heroset. Yeah. Well, if you're worried about your leg cramping up, uh, I would avoid the four glasses of wine, which are sure to exacerbate that. Now, I mean, I will say that, like, uh, my my parents make the Heroset. And as you alluded to earlier, they make two different versions. And in terms of prep, like, it is not like a five minute prep thing like like you know, there's food processors involved there's there's like six or seven different ingredients it's not like a throw it together type of food yeah yeah uh the sephardic version though what are yeah yeah what are all the ingredients in that so the sephardic version is dates and nuts and i think some like red wine and the Ashkenazi version is apples and walnuts and red wine. Yeah, yeah. And my mom also this year made, I think, what was a Indian version, which had mango in it. Very interesting. Wow, I would have loved to try that. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. It was wow. interesting. And I tried all three, by the way, obviously. Well, I hope your, your parents bring a sample of that yeah. when they come to the wedding. All right, so so Dan, what do you think? Is this an everyday sandwich? Well, as we alluded to before, no. For two reasons. First, the obvious reason we talked about, which is it's exactly a once-a-year sandwich, which unfortunately is, I guess it's not the exact opposite of everyday, which would be a never sandwich. But if it's a never sandwich, then what's the even point of talking about it if nobody ever eats it? So for a sandwich that is going to be eaten, this is as far away you can get from everyday as possible. 
It also contains wine, which, you know, I don't want to drink wine every day. Or eat so, wine. Yeah, or eat wine. Especially, you know, I, I if I have wine, I want to be drinking it. And not every day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty low. So, uh, I, I have to say it's a 0.25 out of 10. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it's honestly hard to think of. I think maybe a once a lifetime sandwich is lower than this. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know a sandwich made with like breast milk or something. Like, I'm just trying to think of what a sandwich. No, what about that, like those, like, um, you know, those, like, those like uh, sushi puffer fishes that you eat and you die, you know, like maybe something <laughs> yeah. that like, yeah. that like you eat it once and you will die. <laughs> Definitely rates above a, uh, a Sopoku sandwich of, of any variety. Uh, okay. So that's okay. true. So we found the floor to the everyday sandwich. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, uh, other than that, it's um, for a sandwich you're attempting to, if you're, Assume you're going to eat and then survive afterwards. It's it's about as low as you can go. All right, Dan. So now the important question that people uh, really want to know is, is the Hillel sandwich a first date sandwich? All right. Well, now, uh, uh, can you, um, you know, it, like when... Bill Clinton was getting that uh, like heart transplant. Al Gore became the ceremonial president. Can you make me the ceremonial host for the next like thirty seconds? Absolutely. I I bequeath my hostum to you for the next uh, you know thirty seconds. Absolutely. Actually, probably the next two. Ca- oh no no no. The ne- oh, yeah. I I forgot the order again. Okay. Anyways, from Rob. Hey guys. Okay, I'm going to admit I've never heard of the sandwich before. Is it actually a sandwich or just a Passover foods piled together? Either way. I'm guessing you're not bringing a first date to a Seder. So unless you're looking to impress an Orthodox Jew, I think the sandwich is a complete no. Feel free to enlighten me on how when you think the sandwich choice would work out for you on a first date. Rob's date rating, a fake phone number. Ooh, brutal, brutal. So I guess the question here, Dan, is really the question that Rob raised, though I think he maybe has a misinterpretation of what, like, how fun... Are you know my family seder can be yeah, but but would you bring a first date to the seder? Yeah, I mean the answer to the hold question. On, just let me just say real quick, we can rule out like having a first date and being like, hey, w- would you let's make a halal sandwich together? So that's not gonna the only the only yeah. context you're doing this is if you bring that date him or her to your seder. Yeah. See now here I think. If the question is, could, you know, like me in college, I was ostensibly dating women and I went to your Seder. I mean, you weren't just ostensibly, you were dating. <laughs> well, were, ostensibly. I think ostensibly. Fact, is, <laughs> you were. You were. No, I, I think ostensibly is more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it means, but I'm pretty sure it's right. But well, what's the term you use? Apocryphally dating but, women? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that ostensibly one of the parking lot. Okay. okay yeah, we're gonna figure out the word ostensibly, but that's in the parking lot right now. No, no, no. I'm I am almost one hundred percent sure what I'm saying here is factually accurate. But again, let's put that in the parking lot. It to doesn't matter. It's out. in the parking lot. We're not even discussing it anymore. Yeah. Okay. I could not bring them to your 
Seder because it a would have involved a one and a half hour drive, which is yeah. like that's a lot to ask on a first date. <laughs> one oh. and a half hours each way. Second of all, it was I would always sleep over at your parents' house, which would be a, a little um, a little optimistic for a first date. And your your Seder, there's a ton going on. I mean, it's lots of people, all this family. Like it it, it would just be uh, too much of a. a overstimulated environment for a first date. But I could imagine a situation where it's like, I'm Jewish, she's Jewish, and we're just like getting to know each other. And I'm like, hey, in my dorm room or my apartment, I'm hosting a tiny little Passover Seder. What are you doing for Passover this year? And she might be like, oh, I'm not doing anything for Passover. I'll come. Then I think it's actually a pretty good first date sandwich because a you're breaking the ice of your like mutual Jew Judea Jewishness Judaism Jew, Jewishness uh, yeah or Judaism yeah Judaism you're you're breaking the ice on that and you lit- you you're commanded to drink a lot of wine so like there's just a natural icebreaker during the thing that everybody's drinking and you know people are singing and. If you're, like, doing the prayers together, you're, like, showing this, like, you know, um, each of your own personal histories or whatever. So I think in that situation, this sandwich, and it certainly would be the only sandwich you would have on the first date because it's the only sandwich you're legally allowed to eat. I think it actually, in the right circumstances, could be really, really powerful. Uh, but outside of those specific circumstances, it's, it you know, has has, I think, little chance. No, I totally agree with you. And I also agree with the idea that a Seder is not a bad first date in the right circumstances. One, Seders are like – it's like dinner theater. So like you don't have to like fill the date with conversation. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, I think it's actually like a – it's like a sneaky like backdoor date where like if you have someone that you're interested in but you're kind of like nervous about asking him or her out but you're both Jewish – to be like, hey, I'm I'm going to the Seder. You want to just come with me? Like it, it's sort of like, you know, they say at Passover, you're supposed to invite any Jewish person that doesn't have a place to go. Yep, yep. And so, it's, you're right. It's like a, it's like a such a sneaky good date invite because you you can just you could really do it with anybody. You're not saying, oh, do you want to go out with me? You're like, hey, I'm hosting or my friend's hosting a Seder, and uh, I noticed you know you're not flying home. Uh, do you want to do you want to come? Totally and. If the person's like, oh, you know, I'm I I'm not really interested. I just got out of a relationship. You're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I was just inviting <laughs> yeah. you to the Seder, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Me too. I'm not interested, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, look, just one Jew helping out another. You know, no, nothing to see here. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, so I think it's a good, like, uh, sneaky date, and uh, and the sandwich isn't overly messy or whatever. I mean, you know, it's it, it's fine. It you know doesn't taste yeah, good. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, what rating do you give this? Do you disagree with Rob? You know, where are you on it? Well, I, look, I have to rate everything from my personal opinion and my, my personal perspective. And I understand from Rob's perspective that the Passover Seder is weird. But, like, to me, I mean, I've my current slash future wife is Christian. I brought her to your Seder before. Like, to me, a Seder is not an event. You know, to me, a Seder is an event that others can be brought to. It this the first date requires specific circumstances, but to me a seder is is I mean I like your description of it perfectly. It's like dinner theater, 
it's it's fun. It and it's sneaky. Like it it it's 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 like a trick move to ask somebody out on a date. Like I think it's great. I I give it uh yeah, 9.75 out of 10. Wow, that's great. That's great. And maybe one day I'll invite Rob to the Seder so you can see what it's like. Wow, Rob's never been? No, Rob's never been invited. I think not only should you not invite Rob, but you should. We should invite a random listener or somebody who wins a contest. Well, look, I mean, Rob can enter the contest just like everybody else. That's true. It's yeah. true. Okay. So, Dan, let's get right into – I mean, now now we're in the – in the heart of the Seder, we're, we're basically at the Manish Tana right now, Dan. Wow. That's uh, this big. is the, the moment everyone's been waiting for in the Seder. Uh, does this sandwich taste good? Manish Tana, Hawaii, Wahaza. It's hard yeah. without a written in front of me. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, does it taste good? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, I think horseradish is great. When I make the, the, the sandwich, you know, you can just imagine it at home if you've never had it before. Imagine what an apple tastes like. Imagine that apple sort of doused in wine. And then imagine a big dollop of horseradish on it. It's It tastes like sort of like sweetish horseradish. And then put it on the driest crackers you've ever imagined, which sort of sop up the wine a little bit, which is good. But, you know, to me, if I had to make this sandwich without the horseradish, it's it's awful. If I can put horseradish on there, I like horseradish, so I think it's as, as good a vessel as any for horseradish. Like, even comparing it to that French dip sandwich, if you if my options were a French dip sandwich with horseradish or a haroset sandwich with horseradish, I'll take the haroset 10 times out of 10 because, you know, I can eat, like, 10 of them, and I really like horseradish. So it's just, like, it's a great vessel for horseradish, but it's not a good sandwich in my not so humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the thing about this sandwich is that, you know, essentially it's trying to make up for the reality that uh, matzah tastes bad. So, yeah, because you know, haroset, and especially in my opinion, the Sephardic haroset with dates, haroset tastes good. Like if if yeah. it was the middle of November, and my mom brought over a date haroset, I'd be like, oh my god, this is great. Well, Horoset is it's very sweet. It's 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 just a, it's like jam basically. Like yeah. like look, I'm telling you, one day if we want to do a peanut butter and Horoset sandwich, I would definitely put that on the sandwich uh, wheel. Yeah, then it and the Sephardic version is 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 yeah, it's it's much more like jam. I'm, I'm going based on like my memory because I just didn't have it this year. But I, I'm just imagining the 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 taste of it and the consistency. It's very different than the Ashkenazi one. Which, again, is just like sliced apple doused in wine. Although even that version, a spoonful of that is fine. It's sweet and right. good. And you sort of mix that with with uh, horseradish, which I think horseradish tastes great and isn't on enough sandwiches. And I think that the the sweet and the savory work really – or, yeah, the savory and the sweet work really well together. And right, it's not savory. It's spicy. Well, I, I don't know. No, no, no. Savory is salty, right? I mean, I thought savory was like. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, horseradish like isn't really salty. It's more like, yeah, it's like palate cleansing. I don't know, whatever. But you mix it, it, it pairs well with the sweetness, I think. But it's, it's just, in my opinion, not enough to cover the taste of the matzah. And because now you're 
making it a sandwich, you're actually doubling the matzah. Yeah. You're doubling the worst ingredient. I'll often make my Hillel sandwich open-faced. Oh, the open-faced Hillel sandwich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently Hillel was just, he had the matzah, and he dropped his harosa onto the matzah. And, you know, yeah. and Hillel said, well, you know, I'll, you, you know, I'll try that. Don't worry about well, it. Well, that was, and that was in the uh, the post-CE days. I mean, in the early days, he, he they would slaughter the lamb, and then somebody would accidentally, like, knocked over a case of matzah and it just fell on the lamb. And they were like, hmm, that's a good idea. Perhaps, <laughs> eh, could somebody cook that? I mean, we already sacrificed it, you know. Let's try that on some matzah. All right, Dan. So what do you rate the taste of this? Well, I really like horseradish, and for that... And just for horseradish alone, I will give it eight. But for everything else, I give it zero. So I go with eight out of ten. There you go. There you go. That's really high score. Yeah. On my scoring system, that's going to be pretty low. But I love horseradish. (laughs) I really do. All right. All right. Moving on, Dan. Is this sandwich a monster? All right. From Fanwich Josh. Who we're going to see very soon. How exciting. I hope everybody out there who's, you know, living vicariously through us, through this podcast, is really exciting about the, the crossing of the streams that's going to happen. When all of these fanwitches are getting together, it's going to be, it's yeah, going to be no, great. I'm bringing my microphone. Josh and I are live podcasting at the wedding. Wow. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. You're going to bring your computer too? <laughs> well, I might borrow your computer. <laughs> Yeah, just just come over to my table and be like, uh, th- there is Wi-Fi there, but you know somebody <laughs> will set it up for you. Hillel Sandwich Research. So I'm not totally sure which sandwich you're referring to since there are two possible versions. First of all, there's a straight-up ancient Hillel Sandwich that includes lamb, though that's been out of fashion for a while. Boy, Joe, you literally can't get since anything. The temple, literally, since the temple was destroyed, his definition of a while is, is long. But look, you can't get anything by him. No. This is crazy. You can't. You can't. He's good. So if that's your choice, I'm wagging my finger a little bit with my typical meat objections. But the sacrifice, boy. He wow, might... he is on it. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. oh God. I'm I was sorry. like, wow, that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. It, it's one of the most challenging parts of hosting is, is seamlessly going between my own, you know, things I'm saying with also something I'm reading. Because if you interject, people know that, like, you're not reading it. Well, but, you need, like, a Josh voice so I know when you're reading Josh. Yeah, but I, don't, I, only, I only have my British voice, and I don't think that makes sense. But more likely, you mean the modern Paso. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Anyways, you know, I should just get Josh to send in the voicemail. Then I can just edit, uh, you know, cut him out. Or, or pause him. But anyways, he says, but more likely, you mean the modern Passover slash halal sandwich made with matzah, haroset, and bitter herbs, in which case this sandwich is not only benign, but downright virtuous, because I'm assuming you're making it out of leftover Passover ingredients. That said, whichever sandwich you're eating, you really can't go wrong with 3,000 years of flavor. Wow. That's a pretty ringing endorsement from Josh. Okay, what do you think, Dan? I mean, look. I would like to, to say, first of all, I think he's, he's not counting the whole sacrifice issue of the lamb. Because I, I think that makes it a whole different situation. I honestly do think that if Josh were to consider that point of it, he would, he would at least have to do a, a, a double take. Or he'd have to do further thoughts. But his point is 
his second point is also wrong because it's not leftover Passover ingredients because eating the Hillel sandwich is literally part of the Seder. So you you would have to make extra ingredients for it. So, uh, yeah, but look, points for, for trying. I don't know how many Passover Seders he's going to. But, I, you know, I just can't... I, what's wrong with it? Apple, wine, horseradish, matzah, like, I, I just... I. I think he's right. I think it's benign. It's virtuous. 3,000 years of flavor. I also don't know how accurate that year age is, but whatever. To me, it's a 10 out of 10. I just don't don't even see where to deduct anything. What about my veal haroset? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's... So we've got the, uh, the Sephardic, the Ashkenazi, the Indian, and the veal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the veal, I would knock off some points, but look. You know, I don't know. The Indian could be bad. I'm sure mango farming has some trouble with. It. I've literally never had it. I've only had, I've only had Sephardic. And and for me, going from my perspective, I, look, I'm Ashkenazi. I'm 100% Ashkenazi. So I'm just rating the Ashkenazi version. And again, there's to me, there's just nothing there. There there there's nothing to deduct. I'm I I do like the figure skating rankings where I start with a perfect 10 out of 10 and then I just deduct points along the way. Oh, see, th- yeah, that's a great system. I mean. You know, if it were if it were only Dan picks a sandwich, uh, the next category uh, is 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 the celebrity Bing search. Do celebrities like the sandwich, Dan? And because it's always the opposite of the host that does this research, Dan. What did you find out? Oh my God. Well, just like you, I'll do it right now. Uh... No, I'll tell you. I I did this part too, Dan. Oh, good. I'll do this part too. So I save a little bit of history about Hillel the Elder. Uh, because really, much like the Elvis sandwich, this is another sandwich who's named after its celebrity inventor. That's true. That's true. And if, if memory serves me correctly, you gave very high marks to the Elvis sandwich due to that fact. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not the one rating this. So who knows what you think about it? This is going to keep the listeners in suspense. So, Well, there's certainly there's no deduction for the sandwich not being named after a celebrity. So that's good. So Hillel was a scholar, a rabbi a Jewish religious leader who, I mean, you actually said earlier he spent his day studying the Talmud. He didn't just study the Talmud. He basically, he wrote the Talmud. He developed the Mishnah and the Talmud. That's basically what he was famous for. A couple, couple notable facts about our friend Hillel, Uh, born in Babylon, died in Jerusalem, Uh, was about, I just read this now, was, um, was, was a very old man. When he died, Jesus was about, 12 years old, 10 years old. So uh, that solves our question about the whole year counting question. So Jesus was born in zero. Jesus was born in zero. Now, interestingly, Hillel was born in 110 BCE and died in 10 CE. So if you're doing math, that's 120 years old. So lived to a ripe old age. Mm, Well, these are also from the same record keepers that have like, you know, some... (laughs) Some wacky shit happening back in those days. It was interesting, and maybe the thing that you might be most familiar with of Hillel's is Hillel was the person who invented and like popularized what we now call the golden rule. Hmm. Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. That's right. Apparently Hillel invented this. He said, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. This is the whole Torah. The rest is the explanation. Go and learn. That's what he said. That's nice. Wow. I uh, like that. Yeah. So Hillel seems like a good guy. 
invented a sandwich named after him, uh, potentially knew Jesus. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, you know, high like celebrity by, by uh, osmosis or whatever. So, you know, you know, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, well, technically it'd be diffusion, not osmosis, but... Uh, Let's put that in the parking lot. Okay. <laughs> Park that over there. Well, there's no real debate about that. Um, well, look, I, I have to give a slight deduction here that oh, okay. I, f- I feel like, half-point deduction, that this sandwich is really centered around a particular religion that is sort of a minority religion. So I do feel like it's inaccessible to too many. And maybe many won't have the same feelings about this celebrity as, you know, others or the same, you know, historical, I don't know, feelings, relevance, whatever. But otherwise... Well, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just, let me just say something real quick, though, about that. Uh, Because, because Hillel and his sandwich predates Judaism, really, it's part of Judeo-Christian. So any Christian person... Wait, it doesn't predate Judaism. Predates no, Christianity, right? It predates Christianity, right? It it, it predates the, the split between Judaism and Christianity is what I mean. Wow! So really, it's part of both Judy. It's part of the Judeo-Christian, you know, history. And that's true. Now, if Jesus had the sandwich, which we have all rationale to assume he did, if it's just a short sixteen-mile camel ride away to get to Jerusalem, uh, boy, Hillel at that point was over a hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Oof. That's, that's, that's a lot. Now, okay. Now, I, I think this is important for, for where I'm going to rate this sandwich. Was the temple destroyed before or after zero? Because I want to know, would Jesus possibly have been having the same sandwich we had today or a different sandwich? The one with lamb. Well, Because if Jesus is having the one with lamb, I sort of, I have to give a deduction for that. Because I don't think that there's, it's not as continuous. So the so so the temple was not destroyed. This is what the holiday of Tisha B'Av is, and it was destroyed by the Romans. It was destroyed in 70, 70. So Jesus was already dead. <laughs> okay. So seventy CE. I was, I was bracing for the suffix to that. Yeah. Now, now hold on, Dan. You just brought up an important question about what what version Jesus would have been having, and Hillel for that matter. This Wikipedia article just dropped a bomb on us that we have to uh, consider. So apparently at that time, they also would have soft matzah. So picture that the sandwich that he's wow. eating, and it said that it would um, more like pita bread. So the sandwich that he's eating is actually pita bread, lamb, and horseradish. That sounds great. Uh, but that's what you were saying before. Doesn't it seem likely that if they're like rushing out, you'd get something more like pita bread than this hard cracker? Yeah. So it was because more, even if they're carrying it on their backs, it's still like somebody is behind them looking at it on their back, and they're like, hey, that pita bread looks done. Like, let's start eating it. So if you invented a time machine and and went back in time and stuffed Hillel in it and brought him back here to a Seder, and he's thinking about this, he'd be like, oh, I'm so glad you brought me back to the future to Passover because I get to eat my favorite sandwich. And you're like, absolutely, Hillel, grab a seat. How disappointed would he be that the sandwich that he thought of as – Basically, pita bread, lamb, and horseradish, <laughs> horseradish was now a cracker, some chopped up apples, and horseradish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, 
That's a major deduction, actually. And this is this is a first time. It's a deduction because the celebrity it's named after. I mean, honestly, this deduction could apply to the Elvis one, too. If we gave Elvis the modern sandwich, he'd be like, what is this shit? Like, these aren't the wrong bananas. Hillel would literally, he would spit it out. He would throw it in your face. And I'd be, I'd be like, what about the golden rule? And he'd be like, what is this shit that you gave me? Where's would, your golden rule? He would say, never mind. I revoked the golden rule. <laughs> I was wrong. (laughs) This, what you call a sandwich, (laughs) is such an abomination. Oh, my God. Throw out the Torah. What is wrong? What have you been doing for the last 2,000 years? This is what you come up with? This is is what all, what 2,000 years have amounted to? You've ruined sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait. Have you guys been enslaved the entire time? (laughs) No? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's um, a huge deduction. All right, so what do you rate this, Dan? Although the Jews have been persecuted a lot in the last 2,000 years. Maybe he'd... Okay, so I'm going to bump it up. It's it's definitely an eight-point deduction because the namesake of the sandwich himself would be very upset. But I, I will a one-point addition back for the fact that Jews have gone through some horrible shit in the last 2,000 years. So maybe it's... We clearly missed the thread a little bit, but... You know, maybe there's a, a, some reasoning for that. So uh, three out of ten. Wait, so all the Jewish persecution in the last 2,000 years amounts to one point in your scale. For That's this rough. particular sandwich. That's right. Just because if it were not named after the person, but your point is right. If you gave the – if you bring Halal out of the time machine – I mean the time machine argument to me is just – uh, it, it could have been a 10 point deduction. No, if I the agree. person I comes agree. out of the time machine and they throw the sandwich in your face, yeah. that's that's pretty big deduction. You've done it wrong. You've done it wrong. All right. Yeah. All right. So 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 now Dan, we we take our hello sandwich. We take it off of the Seder plate. We put it onto the Seder cutting board and we have to decide whether or not we put it in the compost bin or put it on the menu, Dan. Okay. So 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 this is it. You get this this night is very different. You get to pick. Dan, this is my wedding gift to you is you get to pick what happens with the sandwich. Um I mean, but seriously though cuz you're not getting a wedding gift. Uh <laughs> this is it. Uh So would you like to hear my argument? Well, as the when I'm hosting, I sort of just seamlessly transition into my argument. Oh, so of you, course, I want to. No, hear but it. I want to. I want to give you any. You know, do you have any any other questions? Do you want to address anything in the parking lot, or should we just move on? <laughs> I want to address everything in the parking lot. Okay. Well, well, the parking lot is dead. It, it's closed for the night. It's a. It's one of those parking garages that you park in, but you don't look at the fact that it closes at 10 p.m. and then you're screwed. Oof! I've been yeah. through that before. That's the worst. Now, do you think? I think the answer to the question of do we go back and handle everything in the parking lot before we uh, deal with the cutting board is exactly the same question of what happens in Josh's book when the person reading it gets to a footnote. So maybe we should wait until we hear the audiobook before we figure out how the parking lot fits in in our podcast. Oh, interesting. Like maybe there's a footnote section of the audiobook that you can like listen to. That's not, uh, I like yeah, it. I don't know. I like it. Okay. So Dan, after thinking about the sandwich, I say, die a new, more like die a no. <laughs> That's good. I would put the sandwich in the compost heap, Dan, 
but I'm not sure that matzah is even compostable. (laughs) It seems to be it's perfectly compostable. (laughs) It's made of cardboard. So throw it in the incinerator. This sandwich is an affront to the sandwich that Hillel spent his time. This is a scholar. He could have spent his time doing anything. He could have written... He could have written the Talmud part two, but instead he spent his time inventing sandwich, which we have spent the last 2000 years ruining. Wow. Don't put it on the menu. Throw it in the incinerator. Well, here's what I have to say to this. Hillel sandwich. (laughs) Well, let's figure out how to make this rhyme work. Sandwich comma Hillel more like cartel. Because the matzah cartel ruined Hillel's beautiful creation from ancient history. Had this sandwich been a pita pocket filled with delicious lamb and my favorite horseradish, to me, that's a version of the French dip that might actually be better than the French dip. It's like the ancient <laughs> French dip. Honestly, I think we should open a chain of restaurants called Hillel and just oh, serve yeah. that sandwich. It's the Judea dip. Yeah, I'm, I'm bleeping this whole thing out of here. Ugh. But in his modern creation, with matzah, which is terrible, harosa, which is okay, and that delicious horseradish, again, if my choice were just eating a spoonful of horseradish, eating a spoonful of horseradish on haroset, or eating the halal sandwich, I would take them in that order. So to me, I don't understand this whole matzah thing. Honestly, to, to, of everything we've talked about, where this whole holiday has gone wrong in the last 2,000 years, it seems to me, with that bombshell announcement that you had, which also rhymes with Hillel, Hillel more like bombshell, was that they were eating, their matzah was a pita pocket, which makes so much more sense and would be so much more delicious. I think, you know, modern Jews have just sort of eaten this matzah thing and are sort of like doing it because it's a status quo. It makes no sense. Let's move back to the, the pita pocket. Let's figure out a way to make that kosher. And and then, I think, and only then, could the sandwich be reevaluated. But since that seems unlikely to happen, to me, take the sandwich, put it in the incinerator. <laughs> and boy, this thing will set ablaze in, like, in a split second. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Especially with all that wine, it's going to really flame <laughs> up true. there. That's true. <laughs> with the wine and matzah, if you're like out in the in the wild and you needed something to help start a fire, that's the stuff will catch fire real quick. All right, Dan. Well, I know that you have a wedding to plan, so let's keep keep the keep the you know. I I can't believe we kept our Hillel sandwich conversation for you know. Oh my! God. You know, under two hours. Uh, but hey, literally, this podcast gets released in an hour and five minutes. The podcast is already an hour and 14 minutes. I haven't even edited yet. This is a disaster. I'm taking a light touch. Light touch. Uh, So, yeah. um, uh, Let me check the uh, lunch pail. Do we have any Passover lunch pails in here? No, it's empty. Let me me shake it. Let me shake it. No, no, no. Nothing in the lunch pail. Order. Order. What's going on? I don't know. Just playing. I'm delirious at this uh, point. The okay. Planning. So we do have a little bit of business, Dan. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Unfortunately for our fans, we will be not releasing a podcast episode next week. We have a wedding this weekend. We have a lot of prep to do, so we're not going to be eating whatever sandwich we pick. But that means we do get to end this episode with everyone's favorite part: spinning the wheel. 
Uh, so why don't we go do that, Dan? I don't have control of the wheel, so I'm going to hand the hosting reins back to you. We're going to spin the wheel, and then we'll pick the sandwich that we'll be eating uh, for the next two weeks. Is the wheel right right now? It's got listeners, Joe, Dan, Joe, and Dan. Uh, well, you know, sure, whatever. I don't, I don't remember what happened last time. Okay. It's a long time ago. No, I don't remember either. Uh, sandwich wheel. Oh, wait, it's not sandwich wheel. What is it again? Joe picks pod slash wheel slash wheel. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Joe picks pod.com slash wheel. Yeah. We should also add in that we're considering, I mean, I think it's a great idea in adding in addition to the listener segment, a wacky segment where we make a small slice of the wheel, a wacky slice that, you know, maybe it's like got a 5% chance or something coming up. And then we have a separate wacky wheel, which is only for like crazy sandwiches. Yep. 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 I agree with that. Uh, in fact, we have one wacky sandwich. Uh, so why don't you just add a, a 5% wacky wedge right now? And if it comes up, we're just doing that sandwich. Sure. All right. And how about this? Just to further add suspense to everybody, when we have a wacky sandwich, let's just not tell people what's on the wacky sandwich. So they'll if if wacky comes up, you know, they don't know what it is. But we'll keep a wacky wheel just with any wacky sandwiches we see. And if people send in wacky sandwiches, then we'll add it to the wacky wheel. We will. We'll definitely add it to the wacky wheel. But but it's, it's a secret wacky wheel. Yeah, because I want when if a wacky sandwich comes up, like the wacky sandwich that's on the wheel right now is really wacky. And I think people, if people even knew it existed, I think that would spoil the surprise if we have to do it. And if they knew it existed, they'd want it to be on the the sandwich wheel, which we're not going to do. Correct, correct. Okay, so wacky wheel, if it comes up this time, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> All right, it's just going to be that wacky sandwich, the one. But, but in two weeks, we'll make an official but secret <laughs> wacky wheel. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Off we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Oh. Right back to Dan. The opposite of the wacky wheel right now. All right, Joe. This might be a little controversial. This is going to be a little wild. But since you are coming to San Francisco, the day before my wedding, there is going to be a dinner. Okay. That is held at a Mexican restaurant. In the mission, and they have one of my favorite foods. Now, this is controversial. Is it a sandwich? Is it not a sandwich? I don't know. As we've talked about previously, it's not up to us to decide. We don't delve into that. We don't delve into it. So, better men and women than us have tried. The listeners can try. The listeners can try. Maybe this can come up in a future sandwich court, and this entire episode will have to be stricken from the record. But I say, Joe, we, for next week, do. Tacos. Wow, Dan. Wow. And any specific taco? What type of meat are we using? Like this is tacos itself. Well, I mean, I think you're out on a limb and calling it a sandwich, but that's okay because we don't delve into that. Uh, It's a broad category. It's a very broad category. Look, I don't know what the specifics is, but on Friday when we are eating various types of tacos, maybe I think for now, let's start the category very broad. But then by the time we do the episode in so so long from now, maybe we'll have figured out something more specific. Okay. But, I'm bringing look, my microphone down. We're just going to do it right at your rehearsal dinner. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Everybody will be there. That's good. And um, 
Here's what I can say, just for all the naysayers out there who are saying, wait, a taco isn't a sandwich. Well, you know what? How is the tortilla that different from the pita pocket we were talking about before? So it, it wraps around the meat. You sort of are taking bites of it. Yes, it's not entirely self you know, it's not like sealed, but I think it's close enough. I, I think it's a sandwich based on some definition of that. And, uh, you know, who, who are our listeners to protest, Joe? Yeah. Hey, you know, maybe we'll have uh, Tony and Pam debate it for us. Ooh, that'd be good. All right, Dan. Happy, right. happy pre-wedding. Next time we talk, you'll be a, well, you're already married. So whatever. Yeah. All right. Finish this. Uh, 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 oh. Uh, oh. Good, good night, Joe. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, let, let's see if I can do this from memory. Uh, the Joe Picks a Sandwich podcast is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network to uh, something, something, rate us on iTunes, five-star review. Uh, we have a Reddit page. Go to it. Uh, there's a website. Thank you to Fanwitch Julia for the logo. Fanwitch uh, Josh for PhD Fanwitch Josh for uh, whatever he does. The book Red Meat Republic is out probably now. Uh, uh, music Laureate Jeff for doing some music. And everyone have a happy, happy Passover. Yes. See you, Joe.